What's up, friends? Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Bible Study Live with Matt. It is uh, 9.26 Central Time, and today we're going to wrestle with something uh, pretty awesome. We're going to wrestle with Jesus' words, what good uh, does it do to gain the whole world but forfeit your soul? And we're going to talk about what does that even mean? to gain the world and forfeit your soul. That's the fun we're going to dig into today on Bible Study Live. So uh, we'll get started in just a minute. Hey, good morning. Thanks for joining me on Bible Study Live today. Uh, I'm going to drink a little bit of this water that looks like dirt, but it's not. It's uh, black water, which is great. Balance, love, kindness. It's full of acid. It's supposed to be really good for you. Tastes just like regular water. Uh, looks like coffee, uh, but it just tastes like water, and uh, and it's pretty darn good. They're not a sponsor. I just thought I'd tell you guys about it because it's tasty. Anyways, let's talk about uh, a little bit of scripture this morning, and uh, what we're going to dig into is the end of the book of Mark. Um, now, as I try and say every time we do this. The whole goal is to create conversation without condemnation. So, uh, look, we might not always agree on stuff, but we're not going to argue about it. Uh, we're just going to wrestle with the word. And so today's wrestling with the word um, is going to be from the book of Mark. We're going to be digging into chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. Today I'll be reading from the New English Translation. Uh, look, whatever you want to read from is good. Uh, but we're also going to take a... Um, Greek lexicon today because we're going to take a peek at some uh, language stuff in the Greek um, because words matter. That's why. So, uh, yeah. Okay. So, without further ado, share my screen. And uh, you know what? Let me just make sure really quick. There's something that seems to be kind of kicking into my system. I don't really care for that. So, I'm going to see what it is and kill that application. And that way we can move a little faster. Oh, wow. For whatever reason, it is it's doing it so hold tight. And I'm going to switch browsers here because, uh, for whatever reason, this one is just eating up memory like crazy. Boom. And I'll just go here, copy this, paste that into this new browser. And then I'll share my screen with you and we'll dig in scriptures here goodness for some reason that was eating up a lot of memory uh, which is not normal okay thank you for uh, your patience with me now we're going to get started i'm going to share my screen we're going to dig into some language here and uh, we're going to talk about what jesus meant as best we can so from the new english translation mark chapter 8 verses 34 through 38 and the reason that i like the new english translation is that the footnotes um, that they make relate to the translator. And I think that is pretty darn cool. So uh, there you go. So um, we don't need to have strong concordance open, I guess, since translator notes are in here. So here we go. Uh, then Jesus called the crowd along with his disciples and said to them, if anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Let's look at what some of these little footnotes. Uh, okay, then, Jesus, okay, follow after me is what the Greek actually meant, if you want to be my follower. Uh, I 
if you want to follow after me, he must deny himself. It says this translation better expresses the force of the Greek third person imperative than the traditional let him deny himself. So he must deny, just uh, expresses it a little deeper. Uh, it says he must take up his cross. To bear the cross means to accept the rejection of the world for turning to Jesus and following him. Discipleship involves a death that is like crucifixion. That's what the translator wants to say. It says, forever, whoever wants to save his life, the Greek in some of the translations says soul, okay? Suke uh, has many different meanings depending on the context. And this is important. It says the two primary meanings here are the earthly life, sometimes called the physical life, and the inner life, the life that transcends the earthly life, sometimes called the soul. The fact that the Greek term can have both meanings creates this in this verse both a paradox and a wordplay. So the desire to preserve both aspects, suke, uh, for oneself creates a tension here. It says translation of the Greek term suke uh, presents a particularly difficult problem in this verse. Most English versions since the King James have translated the term life. This preserves the paradox of finding one's life, the sensitivity of the earthly life, while at the same time really losing it in the sense of soul or transcendent inner life and vice versa. But at the same time, it obscures the wordplay that results from the same Greek word having multiple meanings. To translate to soul, however, gives the modern English reader the impression of the immortal soul at the expense of the earthly life. On the whole, it's probably best to use the translation life and retain the paradox at the expense of wordplay. Now, there's a reason that I share that with you guys, um, and that is this. Uh, look, we don't communicate the same way as the gospel writers do. Everything's not the same in how, how we talk, things like that. So uh, with, with them, multiple words had different meanings. So it's very important that when we're going through this stuff, wrestling through scripture that we just acknowledge that okay like the reality is it isn't always the same uh, how we see things isn't always the same as um, how they were seen by the original gospel writers so it's important that we just um, own that acknowledge that okay uh, and by the way I'm just gonna lighten up the brightness here for some reason it is super dark this morning okay anyhow Let's get back to the scriptures, and now we'll read through the rest of this. Okay. So Jesus said, For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me and because of the gospel will save it. For what benefit is it for a person to gain the whole world, yet forfeit his life? What can a person give in exchange for life? For his life. For if anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will also be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Ooh-wee. What in the heck is Jesus saying here? Uh, or it's like most of our devotional centers, what is this saying to you? <laughs> um, you know, this is kind of a, an interesting Thing to wrestle with and as the translator put there's kind of this paradox of giving up your life but let's just look at it on the surface level first like a shallow surface level if you will so on the surface level here's the deal jesus he called his crowd and his disciples together so it's not just his disciples but he's saying this to basically anyone listening so the crowd that is listening uh to what's going on here jesus is saying hey guess what we're going to have a conversation about this uh, and I want everyone to hear it. So it's important to 
acknowledge that Jesus was having this conversation uh, with everyone, with everyone, not just his closest disciples. This is important because he wasn't just saying this to the people who were committed to following him. He was saying it to the people who were considering following him. And that's a big deal. Because the reality is sometimes I think we, you know, maybe we watch Joel Osteen or Stephen Furtick, who are great, by the way. But sometimes I think we'll watch them and we get under the impression that if I follow Jesus, what it means is everything's going to be easy. Uh, I'm Because I'm going to have this new family of Christian brothers and sisters, my life will become much easier all the way around. And for some people, their life does. But that's not the norm. That's not the promise. The reality is your Christian views will get you rejected by the world, especially right now. Uh, Heck, especially this month, even. Um, Now, some people think that there's a struggle with this whole, well, how do you, you know, Jesus, you know, Jesus said to love and how do you love people, but, uh, but not be supportive of like pride month and things like that. Here's the reality. You can still love people, but disagree with their life choices. You can still be kind. You can still be loving. You can still be considerate and still know that choices being made aren't okay. Uh, and there's been many times in my life where people loved me like Jesus, but they also spoke truth into my life that, Hey, choices you're making, dude, they're not good ones. Right. So that's how we can do that. But what Jesus is saying here is bigger than just this month. It just so happens that the month that we're in is causing a lot of controversy and people get upset with the church and people get upset that are outside the church. But here's the deal. Jesus was calling. It says Jesus called the crowd along with his disciples and said, if anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What does it mean to deny yourself? That is a very interesting thing. He must deny himself. Well, what is yourself? Yourself means making it about you. If we truly want to follow Jesus, this is so hard. It really is. But we have to set aside like, hey, this is what I feel. This is what I feel is right. This is what I feel is good. This is what I feel. I feel. I feel. We got to set aside me as number one and say, what do you say, Jesus? What does God say about how I'm supposed to think, how I'm supposed to live my life? And sometimes we're going to find out that what God says is in complete contradiction to what we've been saying. And sometimes our brain will even struggle with going, but this feels like the right thing to do. This feels like the right way to be. And I get it. Trust me. I get it. There are times in our life where it's like, but it feels like the right thing to do to do this. Like, I I feel like there's nothing wrong with this because it doesn't have to do with me, right? Like, hey, for me, it's this, but I don't get, you know, what somebody else does. That's their deal. When it comes to judging others, like passing judgment on someone who doesn't know God, yeah, it's not our place. But there's a difference between passing judgment and just acknowledging, like, no, I can't support that, right? And it's interesting because Jesus said he, he must deny himself if he wants to follow me. He must deny himself and take up his cross. Now, what the translator notes say here when it comes to the take up his cross is pretty doggone valuable 
because it says you got to be willing to be rejected by the world. See, being crucified, when you were crucified, it meant you were rejected. The world had rejected you. You were sentenced to lose your life on this earth. And Jesus was equating following him to being similar to the feeling of someone who's on the cross, being spat at, rejected, and treated like garbage. And I think that's the tricky part these days as a Christian is there are so many other Christians out there. We've got so many good people in our lives, right? That we go, man, everybody is just, you know, I got this loving family of Christ followers. Life is good. I love, I love where things are. Uh, so it's good. And sometimes we can get very comfortable in that and forget that Jesus said following him wasn't going to be comfortable. The world would reject us. So here's the deal. What does it mean <laughs> when Jesus is talking about what good does it do to gain the whole world but forfeit your life? Well, it seems to me that if we back it all the way up, what is my life supposed to be about? My life is supposed to be about being like Jesus because I was created in the image of God. So if I'm living the life that God intended me, my life should look like the life God intended. If I'm trying to impress everybody in the world, if I'm trying to not have my friends be ticked off at me, if I'm trying to not tick off my kids who might have different perspectives than me, uh, if I make that a bigger priority than following God, I'm dishonoring God. I'm dishonoring Jesus. Now, it doesn't mean I'd be rude or mean or distasteful toward my friends or my children or even those who consider themselves my enemies. But what it does mean is this, not compromising what I believe just to make them happy. See, I love my friends. And I know I have many that have very differing views, especially uh, as it relates to Pride Month, this month. I love my kids. Some of my kids have differing views, especially as it relates to this month, Pride Month. But I want to make something clear. I wouldn't stop loving one of my children if they were gay, nor would I stop loving one of my friends. I have gay friends and I love them. Why wouldn't I? Duh. Um, just like I wouldn't stop loving a friend who, you know, maybe they have a different struggle. Maybe their struggle is with uh, adultery or an addiction. Uh, a friend who's... <laughs> uses the same language that I used for so many years. Like someone's sins do not stop, should not stop you as a Christian or me from loving them. And sin just means a choice apart from God. Okay. So let's get something straight. When Jesus talks about what good does it do to gain the whole world? If you lose your life, he's saying, look, what, according to what the translator notes say here, Jesus pointed out, what good does it do to make the world happy with you when you're giving up truly following God? Is there, it, that, it isn't just a surface level question. That's a question that should cause deep reflection so that we go, what, is it, what does it mean to truly follow Jesus and, and to please God? 
What, what am I really giving up here as I work to make the world happy? Now, some people get this a little confused because they think, well, to make God happy, I must, I must intentionally make the world hate me. Well, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus came healing the sick. He just put doing good above doing ritual. So the very religious folks seemed to get pretty mad at him. And so did some of the Gentile folks. Like when, when he cast a demon out of the guy who had been living in the, in the tombs, the whole city was mad at him. They were angry. They wanted him to get out of there. So he made people upset who didn't know God. But the majority of the people he made upset were the people that did know God because he showed love to folks that they said, Ugh, they're outcasts. So here's the deal. How do you transition uh, or, or how do you traverse these waters? How do, how do we, if we're following Jesus, how do we live out what we read here in Mark 8, 34 through 38? When Jesus called the crowd and disciples and said, if anyone wants to become my follower, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me and because of the gospel will save it. Gospel means good news, by the way. For what benefit is it for a person to gain the whole world yet forfeit his life? What can a person give in exchange for his life? Well, the truth is nothing because our life is a gift to us. So there's nothing we can give in exchange to get it, right? God has given us a life and he calls us to respond to that. So what does it mean to forfeit your life? What does it mean to gain the world? Listen, it seems like a very straightforward way of saying, what good's it going to do you if everyone on earth is happy with you, but your creator isn't? And then one would go, well, gosh, it's going to make me feel good on earth. Well, yeah, but see, our relationship to our creator is eternal. It's not just heavenly. This is the mistake a lot of Christians make. We, we think that our relationship with God is to get to heaven. And so that's when the relationship begins. But no, 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 no. See, our relationship with God began the moment we were conceived in our mother's womb. And it continues throughout eternity. Our relationship with the world is temporal. So to look at that verse and go, what good does it do to gain the whole world but give up your life? It seems like Jesus is saying, what good does it do? to make the world happy, the world that's eventually going to fade away, the world that you're eventually going to leave, the world, what good does it do to do stuff for the sake of pleasing them at the expense of displeasure to your creator? And Jesus says, if we want to follow him, we must take up our cross. What does that mean? Well, I hear a lot of people talk about like they have an illness and they're like, well, this is just my cross to bear. You know, the Bible doesn't say anything about it that way. Like it doesn't refer to stuff that way. And I've had friends say that, well, I've got this chronic illness. It's just my cross to bear. God doesn't do bad things. Like it's not your cross to bear being ill. The Bible says to, to pray for healing over those things. It doesn't say that we're always going to get it, but, it, but we're told, Hey, pray for healing, cast out sickness, like trust on God for that. Doesn't say ignore medical doctors either. God gave us a brain. We created technology with the brain God gave us, right? But, but the cross to bear that Jesus is referring to here, he's talking to these folks about the way they're going to be treated if they follow him. 
As the translator notes state, it seems that Jesus's reference to you must take up your cross and follow him means you must be willing to have the world displeased with you because they're not always going to like what God wants out of you. Whew. So here's what we're going to do to wrap up Bible study life. Can I challenge you and encourage you? It can be tough to follow Jesus, show love to people who have completely different viewpoints than you, completely different mindset than you, completely different everything. Okay. How do you show love to people that just don't even believe in God and are celebrating stuff that you know God is completely opposed to? How do you still love those folks the way Jesus would? Will you be kind? Doesn't mean you have to go to the parade with them. Doesn't mean you have to go rally and chant and do things that also God doesn't approve of. But it means having a heart like Jesus. When Jesus, there's a spot in the Bible where it says that Jesus saw people and he had compassion on them because they were like a sheep without a shepherd. And I would argue that the best way we can be like Jesus is when we see people tr like trapped in a, a life of sin in a certain way, like intentionally just going down a path. Stop getting angry at them. Stop being frustrated with them. Have compassion. Have compassion. Because they're like sheep without a shepherd. Don't give up your life, the life that God intended for you to please people here on earth. But, not but, but a lot, yeah, but. But it doesn't mean you have to intentionally try and get people on earth to hate you either. The world will do that on its own. People will do that on their own. So let's take up our cross. Meaning, let's be willing to understand the world The world may reject us. The world may spit on us. The world may look at us and say, you're crazy. What you believe is nuts. We have to be willing to accept that. That's the cross that we're going to bear. We have to be willing to. If we're going to follow Jesus, we have to be willing to take that up. And at the same time, we have to be willing to be like Jesus and pray for them. Forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. There you go. That's what I was wrestling with in today's Bible study live from the book of Mark chapter eight, verses 34 through 38. Look, if you dig it, share it with somebody else, please. If you have questions or comments or you disagree, pop them in the comment section. That'd be great. Uh, either way, I appreciate you tuning in. Love you. Thanks so much. Monday through Friday, we hit this every day, uh, Bible study live. So, uh, Click the little thing to get your alert when I go live. That way you know the next time that uh, Bible Study Live goes on. Listen, no matter where you're at in your journey with Jesus, you're just one moment away from walking closer with him. Can I encourage you to make today the day that you choose to take that step? Can I encourage you to take that step closer to Jesus? If you haven't called out to him to say, God, I want to, I, I, I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Today is a good day to do that. He's already died on the cross to save you from hell. And he's got a standing invitation inviting you into eternity with him. Won't you make that choice? Let eternity start for you today. Invite him. Invite him to show you the way. And 
ask him to give you ears to hear and eyes to see. God, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you for uh, anybody who watches this. And uh, God, please help them see through me and my mistakes and my overwordiness to see your word. And uh, please draw people closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Love you all and uh, see you tomorrow. Ooh, ah.